Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by the lovely Vigilante Blade. Thank you so much for joining me. You are somebody who used to be a part of the original OG crew that was the development team of Project M and more, of course, that you've contributed to the PM community, the Smash community at large. So Vigilante, thank you so much for joining me. It's an honor to be here. It is an honor to have you. So we have been more or less aware of each other for a little while now. I think I found you sometime during last November when mm. the big house online got cease and desisted by Nintendo. I saw you tweeting stuff and I was like, ooh, okay, follow. And then I have pretty much like, you just keep spitting out facts every time I see you tweet. So I go, okay, like, and then like, and then like. So you, you may or may not have observed this. We can start with we can start with just a, a, a semi-present question as compared to starting from the beginning. But do you remember first becoming aware of me, or is it just more of like when we first started, like talking, talking? Uh, I think I remember you followed me at some point. And you just started talking, like uh, like just answering some of my posts. Some sometimes I was like, okay, well. Uh, I see this guy's just around, and then I started noticing that, oh yeah, he's got a podcast. So I just just went and checked it out, and I saw you covered a lot of because I know you're mostly focused on melee, but I saw you were, you were like uh, covering a lot of uh, Project M slash P plus stuff as well, and I figured it's probably because you know you understood where we were coming from, you know, and you uh, you want to give us a chance to essentially you know uh, give our thoughts out there because you know a lot of things happen with the P plus community as well. And I really, you know, I, I was really um, happy to hear that, you know, those people in the melee scene who were um, open to hearing us out and giving us a platform. So I figured, you know what, that this is a guy worth following. And I decided that, you know, I wanted to, like, you know, try to give you a shout out once in a while because I thought it was, um, it was appreciated, essentially. And the reason why I have come to appreciate the, from what I know of the P plus community as a whole in more recent times starting with last November was that solidarity, the immediate understanding of, well, it's funny, you know, because this has actually been a problem for us for over five years now, reading the anonymous smasher tweet, hearing all the people that sort of came in and said, yep, I've heard things like that, or I yeah. can back up this side of that story or this part, that segment of the story. And I go, well, how, how have I not known about this? And the answer is really because I wasn't super involved with Smash as a whole back in 2015 mm. when PM was at its peak, when it was just about to get quietly thrown under the bus. Mm -hmm. And now in the present time, there's no time like the present to try to use what little platform I have to lift up people who have experienced this for longer than, than, than Melee has even if there's the 2013 Evo story, it, it's just that we never quite got the same level of treatment in terms of poor treatment from Nintendo. Melee hasn't even experienced having to do shadow events and all that kind of stuff. And that's what P plus has been diving to do for years, even if you haven't been calling it shadow events, but yeah, <laughs> for, for you, it's, it's just something that I knew pretty quickly that I wanted to have you on, especially because I, I always do love talking to people who interact with Smash in a way that might not be the most glamorous or, you know, everybody's like chasing after you for, for internet clout points, blood or whatever, whatever. I love talking to people who interact with Melee just as much as a top player or a top figurehead or a top whatever co contributor would. You've done plenty of things around Smash and I love, I love platforming people like that. 
Really appreciate it. And I have to say, like, uh, I think the reason why a lot of the PM community came out to support uh, Melee is because we're kind of an offshoot of the Melee community in some way, because uh, I remember when we first started working on PM, uh, one of the first, the first uh, things we wanted to do, I mean, I wasn't there at the beginning, but I was pretty close to the beginning, like after the first demo, essentially. And uh, a lot of people were like, well, we want to give Melee uh, players something fun to play because a lot of people didn't like Brawl. And I mean, if you like it, that's fine. I'm not going to judge you on that. It's it's uh, it's a game that some people enjoy and they have a good reason to. Um, but for a lot of us, we didn't enjoy the game. So we figured, hey, let's give back to this community that we've been part of for so long. And obviously, there's been some creative liberties and differences between PM and Melee. Um, but it came from that sentiment of just wanting to give back. And um, so we've always um, cared about the Melee community in some way because that's where a lot of us came from. So that's part of why we, uh, we were really like pushing to try and help because they're pretty much our friends in some ways. And so, like you said, your original involvement was not necessarily right at the super, super beginning of PM starting to come out, but what is the timeline for your origin story within Smash? When did you first start to play the game or get involved? So, I mean, I think like a lot of people my age, because I'm about 34, I started with Smash 64. And you know, I liked the game, but I never played competitively at all. Um, so eventually I, you know, I got Melee, of course, because, you know, Melee was just everything I wanted to be and more. And, um, and then I started like going through, you know, like these little mom and pop store tournaments. And then eventually I... Uh, I had like this high school tournament scene, which is like, oh, you have one hour to try and do competitive sets. And it was not the best organized thing. But at that time, I thought I was the best player in the world. Like, I just I just wouldn't lose. And then I met PKM Vodka, who is a really, really good Canadian player in, uh, who actually lived in Quebec uh, um, when I first met him. And like, he kicked my ass. He just destroyed me. And But then I learned, hey, there's so much more um, to learn about Melee. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I thought I... I've seen everything. So I went to tournaments, realized that I was less of a Goku and more of a Yamcha in terms of skill levels, but that's fine, you know? And that's, <laughs> and eventually I've, I've learned to appreciate losing. I know it's weird to say, it's weird to say, but as I, every time I've lost, I realize, oh, well, this can be done better. This is just, okay. So I'm learning more. I'm appreciating, I'm appreciating the intricacies of the game. And I never got to a high level, but I've always, I was always around, you know, I was like playing a bit. And like, you know, I made some friends because for some reason people liked the fact that I was playing weird with my controller. Uh, <laughs> because essentially like, um, I'm basically known for playing, uh, for playing this way, essentially. Wait, hold on. So, you hold the whole GameCube controller backwards. Yeah, so like if I want to wave dash, I do this. What? So, so <laughs> It's basically yeah. why I've been known. Uh, it's like the only reason people know who I am in like my uh, local scene. I was never that good, but eventually, you know, um, Brawl came out, wasn't quite my thing. So I kind of, um, you know, just kind of stopped playing really. Like I just lost motivation. Uh, but eventually like I saw a video from PM and I was like, oh wait, this is Falco wave dashing. That's kind of interesting. Oh so I started yeah. looking more into it. And then I joined the IRC and I just started like spitballing ideas and talking to people in the chat. And then they're like, hey, you have some good ideas, even though like you're not the most skilled player. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I can try and bring the game to a bunch of uh, Montreal tournaments. Maybe people enjoy that. And so I 
kind of joined as a playtester. And then eventually I started like working a bit on, um, uh, you know, like, oh, I'll do a bit of programming here and there. I'm not that good, but, you know, I'll help out here and there. Uh, eventually, like I started, uh, started working a, a bit of an, a bit on early Lucario after Shaneus kind of made like the skeleton of the character. Um, eventually Vanguard took over though, and then I went to work on Roy, uh, which I was under Shattuck, and worked pretty closely with Cethlon to try and balance the character better. Um, so really Roy is like a character I really love, and he was one of my mains in Melee. Uh, so that's why I was really involved with him. And eventually, uh, I started working on Isaac with Shattuck as well. Uh, of course, never got completed, but, you know, he was a character I really wanted to get out there. Um, and then I did a lot of interviews, a lot of PR. In fact, a lot of things I know about the scene actually comes from uh, people from various websites like IGN, Kotaku, and stuff like that, um, which is interesting in some ways because they gave me some ideas. And also, I spoken to a lot of people because... Nintendo hires journalists, uh, a lot of journalists to do their PR work, as well as to do a lot of their, um, uh, you know, uh, treehouse stuff, essentially. So it's kind of the reason why I've heard some stuff in the background, and that's how I got to confirm things with some TOs eventually. So that's kind of why I came out there and said what I had to say, because eventually, um, you know, when I came out and talked about how you know, basically everything Anonymous Smasher said was true, in my opinion, uh, from my experience. And I kind of realized, hey, you know what? This needs to be out there. I, I can't keep this to myself anymore. There's just There was just so many bombshells and just in one twit longer. And even besides that, just people mm -hmm. afterwards, like people with like actual Twitter profiles and known members of the community saying, okay, this specific segment, yep, that sounds about right. That sounds right. Yeah. And And for me who I'm I'm trying to get more involved. No, I wasn't doing a podcast or anything last fall at the time, but mm -hmm. I was I was definitely getting heavy into Smash Twitter for sure. And I'm just seeing all of this and I'm 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 just being blown away by the fact that it wasn't just a matter of what was like the community itself sort of disappearing because from my casual long distance perspective back in 2015 I knew what PM was, but mm -hmm. I was like, well I guess they stopped developing it and now it guess nothing's happening. But in truth, there was lots of things happening and the biggest event for PM to today's date of, of October, 2021, actually it was an event that was held in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. So mm -hmm. there were plenty of things happening and it was with the revival of P plus when the first demo dropped and there was that trailer, got lots of views. I, I was seeing that I was going yeah. like, Oh yeah, cool, cool. That's mm -hmm. cool. So uh, what? Ha wait, what? So like, I was totally uneducated, but trying to become more educated once mm -hmm. the cease and desist stuff started to first go down within melee. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's been really great to find solidarity, of course, but also there's people who kind of like say, yeah, uh, this is kind of how it works, and you yeah. know, the this is this is corporate greed at at, at one of its most shining examples, and uh, this is this is the world, kid. And I'm just going, oh man, this is this is rough. I picked the <laughs> wrong franchise to fall in love with, or just you know, like you had to go through those things, or I went through those things, where it was like mm. kind of like a realization of, oh, this is all real because I did not go through Evo 2013. I didn't mm -hmm. go through MLG dropping Melee because Nintendo told them to drop Melee. Like, I, I didn't go through any of that, so it was just 
Like that felt like ancient history to me. Surely they wouldn't do anything crazy like that now. And yet here we are. And within 12 months, they've done so many things that have just been like, oh, miss after miss. Really just awful yeah. things towards PM or sorry, the P plus community towards melee sort of indirectly but mostly towards p plus and it's it's been bad to witness but also mm. banding together and sharing resources having mm. coincidentally awesome tournaments happening in the same location the same weekend wow <laughs> totally mm. totally happened stance you know really cool to see mm -hmm. I, I gotta give props to people like studebaker or wombat like these guys are insane in in, in the sense of like they have such amazing organizational skills despite everything they have to go through it's just insane uh we don't deserve them we absolutely don't deserve these people uh and honestly i'm 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 happy that this community is so um so willing to take a stand and actually like you know they're like hey we like this game we want to play it we're going to do whatever it takes to play it no matter what nintendo is not going to stop us and I think it's very inspiring, in my opinion. And I don't know why. I think Nintendo's become more aggressive lately. Um, I know they've, they've always been the kind of company who would go after mods, go after like uh, tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, but back then, I felt they were really like trying to do this um, in a kind of a hidden way. You know, they, they would be like, "Okay, let's go and uh, ask Twitch to do this for us, so we don't look bad. Let's go ask." The TOs to basically throw away PM with the empty promises, but they would never do it directly. And I I have to wonder if it's partially because PM was such a popular game that they thought that the risk assessment was too high if they went directly after PM and the backlash would have been too big. And that's what I'm wondering. But of course, I'm just spitballing here. Well, you're right because they learned their lesson for Evo 2013. That was a yeah. direct. That was a direct of them saying, "Hey, Evo, you can't do this. You can't stream mm -hmm. the event." And of course, this was off the back of a big charity drive where the community raised yeah. over ninety thousand dollars to get Melee into Evo. So that was definitely a factor as well, <laughs> to the point where everybody nowadays is suggesting every tournament needs to be a charity event. And uh, mm -hmm. on the one hand, that's not a bad idea. On the other hand, it's also hard to execute. But the the point is, is that that was such a bad moment for them. It was almost as if they're yeah. they're kind of like that. Omnidroid from The Incredibles, where that just slowly learns different things to attack the opponent. You can't use the same move again. So then they thought, mm. let's shadow attack PM because you're right. Yeah. According to all of these things that I've watched and, and people's testimonies, however you want to mm -hmm. phrase it, the story is, is that Melee and Brawl and PM were all just sort of there at every tournament you would go to. Yeah. And more often than not, especially in 2014, as PM's popularity grew, that had the most entrance. That had the best viewership. Mm -hmm. There were people like Armada and Mewtwo King playing and placing top eight, PM dedicated players, Brawl players coming over, a perfect crossover and uniting all three communities because they have something, they can have something in common, literally, in, in Project M. So having to think about the idea of going after a a competitive scene and also like there was, it wasn't just competitive people playing pm i mean it was like really popular just for people who liked the idea of it was it was kind of the dlc that brawl never had brawl never yeah. had dlc otherwise meta knight would have 
well, you know, so, so would have been patched. Yes. So that is, that totally makes sense to me. Like what you're saying. I like that theory where it's like, we can't go after PM publicly because of what happened last time. So it's almost as if they learned their lesson with Evo and then, yeah, like you said, and like a lot of people have said, it's just, let's get Twitch, Red Bull, TOs, all these other people, we'll have them do the dirty work. I actually remember uh, when I used to travel kind of around my province to talk to, uh, you know, to to kind of bring the game around a bunch of places. I actually went to a lot of uh, universities and colleges and it was just people playing PM, free for all with items on, using turbo mode and just having a grand old time. And I was like, you know what guys, you know, wanna play this way, it's cool. Because I remember, I think it was in the last two years of um, PM development, we've actually decided at some point we're like, you know, we have a very huge subset of, I guess casual smasher is not the right term. I call them party smashers because I think casuals may be a bit disrespectful for them. Um, and we realized we're like, you know what? Let's do these weird things. Let's put turbo mode. We really wanted to put at some point, we were talking about putting an N64 mode in the game, which could have been really interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. So we're... Yeah, we're, we're trying to like add some stuff that wasn't competitively oriented, but we we're thinking, hey, you know what? People will play it, they'll have fun, and who cares how you play, you know? Because that's the thing. Melee, according to what a lot of people are saying, is not being played as the developer intended, even though I, I think that's um, not some like, great argument. But, you know, if we're not playing as developers intend, who are we to tell people to play the way we want them to play? It's like how, you know, I used to be very against um, auto L canceling. They're like, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not okay with that. But now I've actually softened that stance because I'm thinking, you know what? It's the players who will decide. We made the game, but they're the ones playing it. It's their game. We're not going to force them. So the option's there. They want to use it. It's cool. And when you were originally starting to get involved with the development team, it was just more of, I want to basically just help any way I can. Would you say that was your mindset? Yeah, I I started off as a fan of PM, obviously. Like I was like, oh my God, these guys are amazing. Uh, I mean, I I would look at someone like Dentarion, uh, DS22, like these guys were just in, just very skilled. Uh, Magus, extremely skilled. Uh, and when I would look at them, the, everything they did make a lot of sense to me. Like, and, and there was like this idea of like, what if I can have this experience of making a Smash game because this is not an experience everyone can just have easily. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, you know, I've always wanted to experience what it's like to make a game. So I came in and I was like, okay, well, I like these people. I like this community. I just want to help, you know, whether it's um, adding two lines of code to Lucario or like uh, going to talk to IGN and getting, you know, getting them to show the game off. Uh, I tried, I would just, would just do whatever people asked me to do. And I was trying to help around as much as I could. I guess some ideas, some of mine got, I mean, some of them got rejected. Some got put in the game and, you know, just collaborative effort and I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, uh, I was just trying to do my best as I think everyone else was doing. And, um, some were, some were extremely skilled. Some were extremely, uh, uh devoted, like some gave, basically the equivalent of full-time job to this project which is pretty insane like i was just giving like a few hours a week these people were giving like 35 hours like every week and i was like this is uh i don't know i just felt like i had to do something i just want to help 
it's it's when it's a good team. It's when it's a great game because even though they tried to make Brawl into a game that was not as friendly towards a competitive audience, it's still Smash. And so if you put it to a development team that's not Nintendo, they can they can take some of those things, tweak the mechanics. I mean, I, I remember somebody was tweaking around with Ultimate stuff before they either got like cease and desisted or had to go underground. Mm-hmm. But I was talking about Nyx the Shield, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So shout outs to Nyx the Shield who I saw clips of, you know, like ledge ledge cancel aerials and stuff like that for Ultimate. And I'm like, yes, yes. Something that mm-hmm. I think is so underrated is when you're running and you jump and you keep your momentum from running. That makes sense. What do you do in real life, Vigilante, when you're running and you jump? Do you just all of a sudden jump straight up and hardly move? Your aerial drift, not as good as when you were running? Of course not. You get it. I like how I explain wave dashing. I'm like, I mean, if you're going to land diagonally, you're going to slide. There's, you know, there's traction. I would love to IRL wave, wave dash. That'd be so great. <laughs> I've tried it. Uh, but still. <laughs> okay. It's it's because you're involved with such a great group of people that you're just saying, I, I'm willing to give time, not infinite time. I'm willing to give time to make this sort of thing go and fly. So you said that you did just a little bit at first, and then you started to get more involved with like actual programming, actual behind-the-scenes stuff, not just being the person who can do great playtesting and offering great suggestions. And so with Roy, I and... I remember watching Junebug do a video on Roy recently and great video. having great com- compliments towards the how the character of Roy was was more or less implemented well into PM. So I suppose that is an indirect thank you to you as well, but for for your part if you if you really like the character so much and Roy is indeed your boy, would you say that that was your favorite part of working on PM originally or was something else some, was it something else that was a favorite of yours? Uh, I'd say Lucario, Roy, and um, trying to get Isaac off the ground, even though it never fully materialized. It was actually uh, very nice to dream about making this character come to light. Um, for Roy, uh, what I really liked uh, about this his development is that um, I had played a lot of Roy in Melee because I realized that Falco was just... just I love Falco as a character. I just cannot play him. I'm not good with Falco. <laughs> so uh, when I and the thing is, I realized even though Royce is terrible in melee, I actually could get better results with Roy than I did with with Falco. So you know, sometimes a character just just clicks, right? Just, just the character you like. Like it's if it goes if it goes well with you, then like you just play more confident, and that's really a big part of it especially when you don't have to have super great tech skill at a certain level you're not fighting against mango or armada (laughs) exactly and with roy um we were really really like focused on the idea of okay roy has to keep his identity we can't change roy in a way that feels like he's basically marth with slightly different attributes so we figured, okay, well, Roy is a fast faller. He has to remain a fast faller. He has to have a launcher with his uh, with his down tilt. He has to uh, have uh, you know more of a rush down kind of approach to than Marks. But also, he needs to keep his weaknesses. He can't just be 
uh, a character with just sweet spots. He needs to have the sour spot, but it doesn't have to be as bad. So, yes. yes. Yeah, so essentially, when I first started working on Roy, I actually um, tried, with my mediocre coding skills, I tried to be like, okay, well, let's take this character and kind of like change his tippers a little bit here and there, like, you know, give it a bit more knockback, get a slightly more, slightly bit more damage, but not as good as Mark, like not at all. And maybe try and do some stuff. And like, I figured, yeah, okay, no, this character is just better immediately because all of his moves are just safe uh or safer rather compared okay. to melee roy mm -hmm. uh and then of course when uh shaddock came in pretty quickly and he's like all right you know um um uh, you know he's much more he was much more experienced than i was and he, so he took the lead essentially um so uh, i kept working with him and also working with sethlon as well uh to make sure the balance was uh proper uh i'm the reason why roy got nerfed uh because he used to have meta nice uh, down air, uh, which was absolutely terrible. Uh, but to be fair, that that was just a test. Uh, uh, we had a lot of horrible builds in PN because, of course, usually what happens is that we try to make a character uh, better, but of course, by doing that, sometimes we overcorrect. And then yes. we test, and we're like, oh, that's terrible. Okay, let's, let's bring it back, and now he sucks. Then we'll try and correct over and over until we reach kind of like a, a bit of a balance. You learn as you uh, go. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just just making mistakes and learning from it so yeah roy is honestly like my the favorite uh, the best thing i think uh, i've been involved in in pm so far that at least got released i would say <laughs> right because you were talking about how isaac was going to mm -hmm. be like the next big thing for you for what you were involved with specifically and was that around the time that december came around in 2015 when the announcement drops that pm is being dropped in terms of development i mean we've we've been working on isaac for several months but the issue here is that when the clone engine got created it was very limited uh right now like the smash scene i mean the the brawl scene especially they're very lucky to have what they have they have a much easier time uh, adding characters i mean it's very difficult but the tools are much better uh and back then adding isaac was kind of a pipe dream in the sense that he would have had like um uh, disjointed grab he would have had uh you know a different shield system a different um um you know kind of like um mid-range um yeah i guess he would have been more of a mid-range fighter so he would combo at mid-range uh he, so essentially like he he would not want anyone any character to be in his face because he couldn't shield grab them at all and um he wouldn't have a lot of options to get out of pressure so so for him it's like do not do, don't get in my bubble. Don't get close to me. He's like COVID nineteen. Well, that sounds He's, like Min Min as well from Ultimate. Yeah, except yeah, I guess I guess Min Min could have been a similar thing. Yeah, um, except for us, I believe he would have been absolutely like terrible uh, at close range. He would not have been good at all. Um, so because it's crazy how not having a shield grab is a huge huge weakness in melee and in brawl pm any any smash game really except for so, ultimate that's true yeah that's true sorry uh, I, I love trying to grab an ultimate and realizing this is just not not a good idea yeah that's true um i have to admit i don't have much experience with ultimate i've played it a bit but i, I can't no worries say, um, no worries yeah 
but yeah, uh, it would have been super fun. Uh, we had a lot of ideas, but the thing is, even if I tell you what we'd have had planned, uh, the fact is he would have changed so much from uh, what we first initially thought because obviously a character um, changes the development. Sometimes you realize, oh, okay, this, this move is, it won't work. So let's, let's just scrap it completely. Um, but yeah, uh, he would have been very difficult to make. And I don't know if he would have even been made, even if we had the time. Um, but I mean, we had a character like Knuckles who was super close to being made. Uh, Lynn, I think, would have had a chance, given more time, for sure. Uh, Sammy, I mean, she was a, basically would have been um, cloned off Snake, so it would have been pretty doable. Uh, but Isaac was probably the one who was at least likely to happen, but we really wanted to try to make it work. So I'm just curious from your own perspective, because you were involved with more behind the scenes, so you don't have to go into 100% detail but just of like what it was like at the time of having to more or less drop it and disband as a group um it was a weird it was kind of weird because i remembered when um uh i think like two weeks before we disbanded uh they just started like telling people oh um oh you've been a bit less active so uh yeah uh, we're just disbanding i was like uh, uh, I'm not disbanding, but like, oh, you're just off the team, okay? It's it's nothing personal, but like, um, yeah, it, you know, we're kind of cleaning up. We're just keeping the most active members. And I was like, okay, that's kind of strange. Uh, and then, and then I realized later, hey, okay, what, what's going on? Why did two weeks later? Why did it shut down? And um, they never actually told me why they did this. Uh, like the higher us, but some people who were like part of the team and who were still there by the end, they told me like, yeah, we're just, you know, we we got contacted by Nintendo, um, you know, we just didn't want any fuss, so we basically had to shut down, um, you know. I mean, we didn't get contacted by Nintendo, but we got contacted by people who um, gave them like a tip, like, hey, Nintendo is moving, Nintendo's going to do something. Um so essentially, so it's not direct contact, but basically somebody was like, hey, this is happening. You, you should probably keep, be careful here. We'd also consulted a lawyer and the lawyer was like, hey, no, 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 no. Um, you need to shut down this. You, you cannot, you can't, you can't go to court. You cannot fight Nintendo. This, this is not tenable. Um, so yeah, essentially I was off the team like two weeks before the shutdown. And then I just realized what? Oh, okay. I guess I guess it's gone. Like, what happened? And um, so after asking people, they're like, "Yeah, uh, it was just it was just trying to protect you guys. Like, it, we we didn't want you guys to be involved at the end, just in case." So essentially, that's what it was like. That is, I mean, for you, it would have been just like a really confusing two, three, four weeks there when you were first. That like, was told. strange. Because like you you had intent. And uh, it's not like you would disappear for months at a time. Like to me, active um, means that you're there. To be fair, actually, I've been inactive for over a month. I would oh. say because I had a death in the family. I didn't tell anyone, so I was completely inactive for the last month. Um, oh, so that so, did sort of make sense to you, but it was still like, like, wait, what? Kind yeah, of it made sense, sure. but it was strange. Like rather. out of the blue. I was like, okay. Yeah, because I was like, um, I mean. I did tell them I was gone for some reason, although I didn't tell them the exact reason because I kind of kept it to myself. Um, but still, I mean, the fact that it shut down was strange. It took at least two, three months for me to actually get an answer out of someone of why this happened. And um, 
and basically they told me like yeah we're just we had to shut down we didn't want any fuss uh we wanted to make sure like nobody was uh gonna be in trouble uh we just want to protect you guys that that's why it happens like okay that's fine so yeah basically that's what happened and so after that all happens now it's 2016 like what are you doing Uh, i'm sure that you've done most of the growing up stuff you're living a quote-unquote adult life whatever stage that may be the 20s are weird but i'm curious about how you continue to try to be involved in some way or if you decided you know what i'm just gonna either move to another community i'm just gonna take a step back in general like what did you do after the end of 2015 uh i believe i took a i mean i took some a bit of a break from the community like i you know i just want to focus on myself because you know i still had like a lot of things to to handle i went through a pretty tough time and eventually you know i got better uh over time and so i decided to kind of kind of go back on like social media and i'm gonna check you know, check with my people, like my community. And um, I was never like very active. Like I was just around, like I, I, kind of like as a cheerleader. Like it's, like I, I wasn't playing competitively anymore, especially because my schedule didn't allow for it because most tournaments on week, are on weekends and I would work weekends back in the day. Mm. Uh, so honestly, I couldn't go to any tournaments at that point. Um, and I think I really got more into it uh, when the anonymous anonymous smasher thing happened and so i decided you know what this has to stop i i have i have to take a stand i have to stand with my community because um i feel like as anyone who's been involved in like the creative process of making a game even though there was a very small portion of it i didn't do all that much in the grand scheme of things I feel like you need to respect the fans. You need to stand with them and you need to be on their side when they're going through um, difficult times. And I just felt it was my responsibility to just be there for them. So that's kind of why I started the little blog thing. That's why I um, started coming back and like, you know, talking more to community, really like, you know, trying to represent it in some ways, you know, like trying to talk about it more with people. I actually started playing PM again uh, more recently uh though not a competitive level like i'm trying to get the rust off my uh <laughs> my controller i guess but yeah i mean i've always enjoyed pm but like you know adult life kind of came swinging and i didn't have time anymore for it for a bit yes that definitely makes sense instead there was hopefully some time for you to watch full metal alchemist brotherhood or are you more of a fan of the original series uh i like both uh, I will say that the best way to enjoy Full Metal Alchemist is to watch the 2003 uh, rendition first and then realize the ending is not that great, but then move on to Brotherhood because the first half of the 2003 anime is the best. The second half of the, of the um, Brotherhood anime is the best. And if you put them together, you get the better anime. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the original series because I had heard they... They didn't. The entire manga had not come out, so they had to, they had to start mm. writing for themselves at a certain point. Which I think conceptually, like that'd be really cool, like just in general, because there, the, there's always more time to to keep to keep doing remakes and 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 do more of the whatever that you want to for a franchise. If you can make nine Star Wars movies, you can just remake a few of them. I mean, eventually we'll probably yeah. get a New Hope remake. Think about that. Oh Yeesh. God. 
<laughs> but the point is, is that you can you can do those kind of things. So I like that conceptually, but I liked Brotherhood too much. I just keep going back to yeah. that. Like I'll look at the original series, I'll look at it real hard, and I'll go like, mm. I can't do it. I got to go to Brotherhood. I got to do it, and feel comforted by the first episode. <laughs> Yeah, but it's also probably because I grew up with the first uh, rendition, so I have some uh, attachment sense. to it. There you go. And uh, but I think the reason why I like the first season more—I uh, mean, the first uh, rendition more—is because uh, I mean, for the first half only, right. is because there's a lot more detail. There's a lot more detail for all this uh, for a lot of the scenes, and they're a bit more impactful. But then, as soon as it starts uh, reaching the point where the um, the anime veers off the manga's path then that's where it starts being a bit more in shaky grounds. But I think it's worth experiencing uh, just so that you could, you know, um, say that you've seen it all, I guess. But yeah, I like both. Uh, but I do prefer Brotherhood Vision. Just what I mentioned. I mean, I, who would you say? Okay. So uh, <laughs> I think one of my favorite, my, my favorite bad guys, probably still Wrath out of all of the, out of all of mm. the, Gosh, I keep saying Ouroboros in my head, but that's not true. It's the not. Oh, the, I know what you're talking about. Uh, the um, not the children of of father. Like, ah, uh, um, I know what you're talking about. The uh, oh, homunculus. Homunculus. Holy cow! Yeah. So, in fairness, I haven't watched Brotherhood in over a year, and I've been very busy this past year. Okay, well, of all the homunculi, yeah, Wrath is my favorite. And the, my favorite bad guy probably from the from Brotherhood in general, just because of how, for a character named Wrath, how in control he is. So I just mm. love that that just like you're supposed to say, why would mm. he be called Wrath if most of the time he's a very measured, very in control mm. character? But then there's just little moments, and they draw him so well. Anyway, that's that's mm. my probably my favorite bad guy. Who, who would you say is your favorite? Honestly, I would probably say Wrath as well, because I think the reason why Wrath works for him, uh, as you were saying, is because sometimes uh, Wrath comes out as spite, and spite can be something that can be um, planned, calculated. So it's basically like somebody who's like, okay, I want to make you suffer as much as possible, but I will look as calculated as possible. And I feel that's what Wrath kind of represents. He's the kind of character who's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to hurt you in the worst possible way. I will keep a calm demeanor. I will watch you suffer. And I feel that's a scary thing for villain to be. And that's what makes him effect, uh, basically efficient. Because most of the time, a bad guy, to help you see that they're a bad guy, they want the character to be here a little bit out of touch mm -hmm. with reality. Because most, of the, I feel like most of the time, yeah. villains are written that way. But Wrath is always, always like extremely present and clear-minded yeah and that's what makes it scary because they're fully in control of what they're doing they understand the ramifications of what they're doing and they're doing it anyways and that to me is a lot scarier in a way because that's like you thought about this and yet you're nintendoing uh it's like ooh, that's something uh but yeah i think that that makes it scarier because it gives a human almost inhuman it's like it's both human and inhuman at the same time because it's like right you had this thought process you thought this through you're still going through with it which is pretty insane right nintendo's basically wrath in this in, in that illustration <laughs> holy cow oh goodness 
That's a realize uh, that is a realization and a half. Okay, but I think that would I if there was ever to be a full metal alchemist brotherhood platform fighter, Wrath would instantly mm. be my first pick to try and main. Mm. That'd be day one main for me. And speaking of mm. like possible platform fighters, we should probably deviate into this a little bit. This is recent news. Yeah. The Warner Brothers leak. I don't know. In the past yeah. couple of days, Hungrybox has all of a sudden become like slasher. Mm. Just people going to him with like resources and leaks and like information. So that's a wild reality that we're all of a sudden living in. Like within days, he's now like almost at Slash's level who has disappeared for whatever reason. But anyway, the, the, the whole of it is, is that there's supposedly going to be a Warner brothers platform fighter that involves characters like Batman, like Rick and Morty, uh, then other characters that I can't recall off the top of my head, but you get it those kind of IPs. In other words, that there are there are big companies looking at what Nickelodeon has done with Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl and going, so we could do that too and people would just buy it? We do that with movies and with TV shows and streaming platforms, but we could do that with games too? Okay. In other words, we're getting some respect around here, Vigilante. I would say Indeed. so. For the platform uh, fighters... All the people like us who really enjoy those, whether you like mm-hmm. Smash or or Nasb or if it's stuff like stuff like Rivals of Ether, there we go, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's popular. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a untapped market in some way because Nintendo it kind of always felt like Nintendo had this uh, monopoly on platform fighters for a while. And then like there are a few things that came up, like TMNT Smash Up, which is Honestly, I didn't like the game, but I understand, you know, this was still a move forward. Like, someone was trying to make a platform fighter. And I'll at least appreciate it for that. Um, Shout out to Super Smash Flash 2 in particular. I, you yeah. know, that's pretty actually well developed, but that was the first one that I played that was outside of Nintendo yeah. Smash World that was made by mm-hmm. Cleod Gaming. Excuse me. Yeah. And I know, like, for example, like, Ludosity, uh, the uh, Ludosity team like, that makes basically, you know, Slap City, that made uh, Nickelodeon All-Stars. Um, I know there were big PM fans as well, and they said, like, a lot of the, their ideas actually came from PM as well. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I'm, I'm actually honored that, you know, they they took some inspiration from us. I know Dad Fornis is also a big fan of PM as well. He, I know he liked Melee as well. I, th- I think he said he liked Melee, but I uh, don't quote me on that. No, he he uh, basically was saying like he liked Melee, but he would c- he could never play it well enough to be good. <laughs> Something to that effect. <laughs> okay, where he's okay. like, I, I want to make a game that's like you know helps yeah. helps that skill gap mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, Melee is a technically think- challenging game. And I feel like the modding community, uh, and not just Project M, like basically every mod, like there's, uh, you know, there, there was uh, there's mainly SD Remix that came, you know, about the same time as PM. There's like uh, Brawl Minus technically is also a different kind of game, but, you know, it plays differently. It's fun. Um, and I feel like these mods kind of like inspired people to, you know, be like, hey, I can make my own platform fighter. And with like uh, Dan Fornis, I think he's, I think he's probably the first one to make a platform fighter that really stuck, uh, with the general Smash community in a very positive way. Because um, I, I go uh, every time I I uh, talk to like you know melee players, they're like, hey, I play both me- uh, I play both PM, 
Rivals of Ether, or I play both PM and Nick All Stars, and like you know they they because the thing is you 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 can't make money off PM. It's not possible, or you can't make that much money off PM in the first place. So. If you're not going to be able to make a living off PM, maybe you can play a second game while you're at a PM tournament. And I guess that could be the play for a lot of people's careers. Um, you know, they can, I guess that's probably the way it's going to have to be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think more competition is seen as good. I don't even care if the games are good. I just care that, you know, there's more people trying to do something, that they're, they're trying to... Uh, advance the, the genre and they're giving Nintendo competition, which I think is a good thing. There can only be good from competition. Yeah, especially because, like you said, Nintendo's not really had to worry about other competitors. I remember everybody kind of dunking on the PlayStation attempt. Sony tried to do a platform. Say that again? Yeah. Uh, sure, I forgot about that. Yeah, and so, well, because it wasn't very good. And so there's been, there's been there has been semi attempts, but I think this is actually the beginning of a new era of platform fighters where other big companies are going like, we can pull away smash people who seem to, or at least the more hardcore competitive side of that community kind of really pulls and sways around the casuals a lot. I mean, look at hungry box. It has like over 400,000 subscribers on YouTube. Leffen's yeah. about that amount. Um, you have, you have other Smash personnel. I mean, you know, Mango and so on. Yeah. You get it. There, there are people who have large audiences full of casuals, full of the youngins who have access to their parents' credit card and big companies look around and they go, okay, so who moves the needle? If we can get that person to play our game, that's going to be a big deal. And I think that it would actually be easier than, than what might have been the perception a long time ago. But because there's been a breakdown, especially in the past year, of the competitive community's relationship as a whole with Nintendo, our publisher, then other companies can say there's there's opportunities to be make it an easier an easier opportunity for us to make a game and say, hey, it's not by made by Nintendo because, I mean, Nickelodeon is owned by Viacom and people have plenty of bad things to say about that company. But right now, Viacom's the, the hero. They put rollback into a SpongeBob. That's really cool. Woohoo! I mean, if you think about it, um, for a lot of Smashers, being an actual uh, Smash athlete, I guess, uh, isn't really a safe job. Um, there's not a lot... because. Nintendo could just turn up and be like, "You can't play Melee anymore. You can't play PM anymore." I mean, that's, at this point, yeah, you can't play you can't play you can't play PM anymore at most majors. Uh, you can't play Ultimate but, anymore. That'll be they'll say that someday. Yeah, because at some point they'll be like, "Yeah, you know what? Ultimate is gone. There's Smash Six. Smash Six is out. You got to play that." And that's what I keep saying to people who are like, "Well, just play the latest game." It's like. What's going to happen if for some reason, okay, let's say you're a big fan of Ultimate, you love how Ultimate plays, and then Smash Sticks takes away the things you like most about Ultimate. The buffer and system. Then, yeah, exactly. And, oh God. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if they take that away, if they take all the things they like about the game away, and they're like, okay, well, you can't play this game anymore for whatever reason. Or like, hey, they, they turn off the online off, because that will happen eventually. The online will be taken off of Ultimate one day. 
and somebody somebody like fizzy comes up and it was like hey you know what you can play ultimate online again with your friends and then Tenno comes up and they're like no um you'd be upset and that's why i always say like whichever part of the smash community you are uh you need to support the other parts of that community and even the bigger nintendo verse as a whole because the splatoon community has not had it easy either and, and even the arms community actually has been very poorly treated by nintendo um maybe not as much because they're i guess they're more of a recent game but yeah they they have not been treated well at all and i think we need to we need to help each other out even if we don't play the games that are affected and that's why like you know if a I hate Brawl as a game, but I don't hate the players. So if, say, Brawl players come up and they're I like, hey, we want to hold a tournament. Yeah. If if they want to come up and be like, hey, we want to have a tournament, and you're like, and you're, you, we should hear them out. Even if they don't have that many entrants or anything, they deserve to be heard as any other communities. Um, and I think the uh, Warner Brothers game could be interesting. Will it be good? I have no idea. But I like that they're trying it. Especially if it uh, all turns out to be, I, I like the excitingness of just saying, this is either going to be a thing or it's not going to be a thing. Either Gandalf's going to be in the game. By the way, how did Warner Brothers get the rights to Gandalf being a playable character? What? But anyway, all that That's to say, cool, though. it is very cool. No, no, uh, mm-hmm. you have, well, you will have no complaints from me. I really do hope I really do hope that something materializes out of it. Uh, but for as per usual, it's going to be very hard mm-hmm. to pull somebody like me away from melee just because nothing else has over the years. Which is part of the reason why I started getting more involved because I was like, nothing's pulled me away from melee. I, even in real IRL stuff, hasn't pulled me away from melee. I still like it whenever I see it on the timeline. Mm-hmm. So I'll just dive it right on in. I wanted to yeah. ask you about that sort of thought process of all the communities rising tide lifts all ships idea. I like that for the most part, but what is going to be the biggest challenge aside from the fact that we're all grassroots and there's no uniting organization to sort of give direction to everybody to say, we're going to kind of lay some general code of conduct type stuff down, hold community members to it. That would be great, but pipe dream. So what we have now is of course, like between between TOs and the content creators that are big, the top players, there's just that eternal like back and forth of this is what we should be doing. This is what we should not be doing. You should not be going to a Nintendo event or commentating a Nintendo event, excuse me, accepting money from Nintendo and doing all that, despite all the bad things that they've done to us. That was, that was a headline a few weeks ago, but I think, and in the greater context of things, how should the entire community behave around and to Nintendo on social media and at events if Nintendo is like sending representatives to like, you know, like give away t-shirts and like show off new games and be like, you should totally buy the newest Animal Crossing game or whatever it is, you know? (laughs) And so I think about those sort of questions and I go, so am I supposed to be like, oh, fuck Nintendo? Or am I supposed to be like, oh, well, conditions, but yeah, we'll let Nintendo in after that. Or if it's like, we just need Nintendo any day now, please, please come back. Please come back, baby. And I, I don't ever like the idea for, so this is where my opinion comes in. I don't ever like the idea of being mistreated by either another person or an organization and then being like acting as if it's fine if they throw a crumb in my direction Usually it's 
going to need a little bit more than just a half apology or like, or not even Nintendo's ever apologized for anything they've done, but I don't like the idea of everyone's supposed to be like chill. If Nintendo does one small little thing and then we're all supposed to act like all the big stuff that they've done has either water under the bridge kind of a deal. I don't like that conceptually speaking. So I'm, I think I just end up falling somewhere in the middle. I'm curious about what you think though. It's a tough, it's a tough situation because I can understand how an influencer might not want to be on Nintendo's bad side in the sense that this is their job. This is how they make their money. This is how they essentially feed their families. So yes. in a way I can kind of see why somebody would want Nintendo on the good side. And also there's the threat of maybe losing their livelihood because Nintendo is like, well, you can't do this anymore. Uh, it's a difficult thing to say. I'd say my personal opinion, how I would personally see it, is that if Nintendo, uh, if I was a TO and Nintendo approached me, I would be like, okay, well, you have a few options. Either you sign a contract with me, I want this all in writing, and you will uh, you will bow to my demands, and I will not bow to any of your demands because you know I feel we deserve uh, to be treated a lot better than we have. I feel like um, we need to be very careful around Nintendo because there's this idea of if Nintendo say change presidency they change whoever's in charge and whoever was in charge was like well i'm i'm not i'm running this differently i don't want to close that door completely uh i don't want to be like oh uh nintendo can never speak to us ever again but they would have to be under heavy heavy conditions and we would have to be extremely uh severe about like what we allow Right now, I don't think Nintendo has any place in our community. I don't think Nintendo should be allowed anywhere near our community. And I don't think we should even be... Um, I think it's. I think we should be uh, holding them accountable for what they've done. Um, I don't think it's acceptable what they've done to the Melee, the PM community, and also the Brawl and the Ultimate community. And basically every Smash game has been poorly treated at some point, some more than others, but we've all been through Nintendo's meddling. Um, I guess my personal feeling is get out of here, Nintendo. I don't want to ever see you again. Get out of our tournaments. Uh, but the reality is that they might force themselves into our tournaments and they might force themselves uh, in a way where it's like maybe the melee community might be like, well, the only way we can run this tournament is if Nintendo lets us. So we're going to be forced to work with them. Um, but Personally, I would rather uh, if we, you know, we took a stand, but I understand not everyone is going to want to, but I wish everyone did because I think we'd be a lot stronger if the Smash community completely refused to give Nintendo any publicity, uh, refused to give Nintendo uh, uh, influencer publicity, or um, essentially refused to work with them whenever they want because we're essentially... Um, I mean, the entire Smash, especially top players, especially, uh, um, you know, TOs, uh, uh, they're essentially influencers, whether they want it or not. Um, they have sway in the community. 
And whenever I see people um, getting excited about like Sora and Smash, I can't help but feel a bit of a tinge uh, because that happens right after they say shut down a PM tournament. I'm like, did we just forget? Did did people just stop caring about PM now? And it happened to Melee too. Like they just revealed Sephiroth and everything was okay. Like, that's all it took. And I don't think that's okay. I think we should hold our, ourselves to higher standards. And even with like the Nintendo Switch Online, that wasn't okay. And people are taking a stand, but I give it two months. That's about as much as I give it. And people will start buying it. And we need to stop doing that. I think we need to break that cycle. And I don't know how to do this because I can't tell people what to do. Nope. Um, it's very hard to tell people what to do. Yeah. So I'm conflicted. Yes, me too. Without there being a unification, standing your ground is so much harder because you look around and you see people giving in or falling down and you go, well, this just got 10 million times harder. And that's, Mm -hmm. and that's what it'll probably be permanently. My new plan. I came up with this today. I feel like it's a pretty good idea and I shouldn't even reveal it, but I'm just going to going to anyway, because why not? I need to, or somebody needs to become the president of the United States and then tell Nintendo of America, you're no longer allowed to sell products here. And they'll say, why not? And I'll say, just cause, and (laughs) that'll make Nintendo of America upset, obviously, because sales in North America is kind of a big deal. And the U S is kind of a big deal, right? Nintendo of Japan will be like, wait, what's going on? Why aren't we selling anything in the U S and they'll be like, it's because the government tells us we can't, can't break the law. We're like, we're like, I don't know what's going on and I'll leave them in the dark for a few years and uh, they won't have a clue what's going on. They won't be able to get meetings with me. You know, I'm leaving them in the dark, right? Does that sound familiar? And then, and then when they finally get into a room with me and they're like, come on, what, what we have lost so much revenue. And I'll be like, yes, you have now in exchange for letting the communities run their tournaments as they see fit and using P plus slippy online, all of the things you will be able to sell product in this country again. So you take care of the U S I take care of Canada. (laughs) Who do we have for Mexico and for the rest of Central America, South America? Let's get somebody in like Europe and Japan and Asia. Okay. Sorry. Too far, too far. I will never become president of the United States. And I think that most of the country will be like, why did we vote for this person? when this is like the first thing they do in office, what is going on? Because I'm telling nobody except for the cabinet, of course, because all the, you know, all, all the homies are in the cabinet with me. You mean like uh, mango, the mystery of uh, finance? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So I don't know mango personally, so I don't know if I would invite him to the cabinet or not. I'm maybe I'm more of kidding. like a third party consultant. <laughs> mango, what do you think? Melee sick. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So that's never going to happen. But I do feel like that's not a bad idea just because you skip the whole court thing. It's like, what are you going to tell the U.S. government? Because they could do do a fair amount of things without any sort of legal reprehension or it would take years to reverse anything like that. Oh, mm -mm -mm. too bad nobody's going to do that. Yeah, like speaking of court, what's kind of weird is that people keep bringing up this defense that Nintendo has to like uh, go after like copyright infringement or else they're going to lose their IP. And I'm like, oh, that's not the well, dumbest thing ever. Valve and Sega. And 
the funny thing is that actually like uh on, on the blog that you know i, I started writing because basically i've been keeping track of Link all in of the description like, by the way <laughs> of all what nintendo's has been doing recently because i figured the only thing i can do is chronicle what they're doing so that you know if people want to be like hey why why you hate nintendo it's like well here just read that um and the thing is uh, you cannot lose your IP for not defending it. Uh, what people uh, uh, seem to be confounding it with is because uh, of a thing that's called genericide. Essentially, what's going on is that uh, if people say keep saying, oh, every paper tissue is a Kleenex, then, then maybe the Kleenex brand might lose the right to just be like, oh, you can't call it a Kleenex. Trademarks. Yeah, essentially. But when it comes to uh, copyright itself, uh, they don't actually have to... Um, they don't actually have to defend it. Uh, they will lose the right to go after a, an infringement if the infringement, say, gets released and then it takes like, uh, and they wait three years before going after the infringement. So for example, like Melee uh, had, I don't know, Melee had it four, let's say they had it their four, uh, what am I talking about Melee? Uh, PM, let's say they had their 4.0 uh, release. Uh, right, okay, as soon as it gets released, they have three years to do something about it. If they don't, they lose the right to go after that specific infringement, but that doesn't mean they lose the right to go after other infringements. It's just that specific one, because then in court they'll say, well, you didn't go after them for three years, so they have a reasonable, at least in the US, they have a reasonable, um, you know, uh, modus operandi to be like, hey, you know, you can't go after, the, you know, they, you, you're okay with this, so, you know, we'll let it happen, we'll let it go. Uh, so Nintendo doesn't have to do anything. Uh, Nintendo could basically just stand by and be like, well, you know what? This this Brawl mod is fine, but this Animal Crossing mod with like anti-Semitic messages is not okay. And they could be like, well, you know what? We'll take down this one because, you know, this is really hurting our brand. But this one isn't because, you know, it's just a love letter. Um, so they can choose to not go after things. They just choose not to. Mm -hmm. um, which kind of confounds me in a way. And... What's kind of interesting is that um, since IP, because uh, the the risk of genericide is almost nothing. Because you know, if you make a Metroid mod, people are not going to call every game's a Metroid. That's not what's going to happen. Maybe Metroidvania might become like a generic thing, but a not people are not going to go look at Mario and be like, "Oh, you're playing the next Metroid game." Um, that's not how it goes. Uh, but if they really want to protect themselves, what they could do is do what Valve does. Uh, Valve literally has a public licensing thing uh, that they basically have on their website. And it's like, okay, well, you can use our intellectual property to do this, 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 and this. All this is okay. This is not okay. And go ahead. So Nintendo could be like, well, you know... Uh, Project Dam, don't put Super Smash Brothers in your title and maybe put a thing that says, well, this is not an official piece of work. Like, they could do that, for example. And that would protect I mean, their IP. they already do that, even now? Yeah, and I mean, they could allow it to exist with certain conditions. And that is the um, kind of middle-of-the-road thing they could do. And I think I would have been... I think the team would have been okay with playing ball with that. Um... Uh, because, I mean, honestly, at this point, we were always talking 
about Nintendo in a positive way uh, because I did a lot of interviews for example like uh, I remember in Nintendo Force I was like yeah we love Nintendo uh, because we didn't want to piss them off obviously and but also because time, it's true we grew up on these characters in yeah. games like I, mean, I have a why do you think pack of Radiance watch who who's who's <laughs> who does this because they want to torture themselves for 35 extra hours a week you're doing it because yeah. you love it hmm. they kind I mean, of missed out on the passion of the gamers yeah, we just love those games. That's why we want to play them. And make them better. Uh, yeah, I mean, and with Melee, it's a game that survived the test of time because it's just a damn good game. And it's okay. I mean, honestly, Nintendo, I don't even know why they're not re-releasing Melee on HD consoles. I don't get it. Uh, because of the <laughs> latency thing, you know, you press the button. <laughs> they're probably going to patch out wave bashing or something. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, they don't have elite. So the thing is, they can legally do it, but they don't have to, and that's what I wanted to spell. Yes. Uh, and if you wanted, if you want to know who, uh, where I got this from, it's from an ingenious clown uh, video where he interviewed Leonard French, who's a uh, copyright uh, lawyer. Uh, so if you look at, you know, if you look at that that video, um, it's actually very interesting. He goes really into detail with like, hey, you know what? Nintendo can do this. They don't have to. Here's why. Here's what he, what they do. And yeah, they, they there's a lot of ways to keep their IP safe while allowing fans to do uh, derivative work. This is more of a co collaborative opportunity, if you will. And all you have to do is look at how other game developers respond to fan projects. Most of them are like, oh, that's yeah, good for you. That's really cool. Like, we're not going to give you money and we're not going to do whatever, whatever, but we're not going to heartlessly shut you down and force you to abandon something that you spent uh, an obvious, like, large amount of time on. And so not everybody gets hired by Sega to make another Sonic game. I mean, because that did happen, that doesn't happen every time. But mm -hmm. almost any other game developer would kill for this kind of this yeah. kind of stuff that that smash does in particular you know somebody like fizzy who thankfully was able to work on rollback netcode full time and and being supported to do that and then release that five or so months three or four months into into quarantine and all of a sudden now everybody can truly play from home for for melee specifically it is too bad about pm about p plus not getting rollback netcode at least not without a couple of miracles or several miracles but anyway all that to say there all all these things that 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 the community has done for each of their games respectively or just across all fronts is mostly fueled by the fact that we just love the games so much and Pretty not much. really from a wow how do i get rich quick kind of a scheme or Somehow uh, we lost trying so to so much money on PM <laughs> or trying or trying to claim that now I own Mario. I will be selling Mario hats now <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, it's less I own Mario and more I really love Mario. <laughs> like, I want to get I just want more Mario in my life, basically. And yeah. And what's ironic is that for PM, the reason why Knuckles got in the game, well, I mean, we we did start working on him, but like you know, we had doubts because we're like, okay, well, this is from another publisher. Can we take that risk? And so at one point, we posted the little thing that uh, to uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter, and we're like, hey, Project M and Knuckles, what about it? And he's like, you know what I have to do. I was like, oh, so you're you're telling us we can't do it? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. 
Okay. And like <laughs> Sega Twitter was awesome. Like the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter is gold. And what's really cool is like when PM shut down, he literally put like a, a picture of Roy Mustang crying at the fu- at like a funeral, going like you're uh, the ra- it is you're, raining. The, you're amazing. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. And I was like, man, I have so much respect for Sega for what they did. I mean, uh, they did some dumb things as well, but I mean, everybody thing is, makes least, mistakes. But that is something I must give Sega a lot of credit for, and I very much respect them for that. So, I mean, Knuckles happened because Sega allowed it to. And I've, I I cannot begin to thank them for their openness. And so you play P-plus nowadays, knocking off the rust. What is the rest of the year looking like for you, Vigilante? Uh, the rest of the year, uh, pandemic. So essentially, I'll be staying at home most of the time. Um, um, right now, I'm just playing P-plus. Uh, P but also, I've tried... Um, a bunch of mods like a uh, Project M uh, EX Remix, which was actually kind of interesting, because I tried it like a few years ago, and I was like, "Oh, this is, oh no, that that that's not quite polished, but it's actually improving quite a bit, and it's actually starting to look like something more legit." So I was I was actually very surprised with the amount of work they put in there, and it looks pretty good. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, polishing my Roy a bit, um, make sure I get, uh, you know, I you know. I'm not sure I'll get to uh, many tournaments right now uh, because of the pandemic. I'm kind of skittish on that. Um, but maybe I'd, I'd like to go to a tournament once in a while without necessarily like, you know, going every time. I'd like to see a bit more of the community, see if maybe there's a still a scene in my area that could be kind of nice. But right now I'm just going to be a cheerleader, just help them out uh, any way I can. Uh, keep trying to keep Nintendo accountable. Uh, I'll stop whenever they stop, basically. Uh, and I just want to be uh, a bro to my community and I hope they, I really hope they can succeed and all I can really do is just cheer them on. That's all I can do right now. I love the way that you approach trying to be a help to the P plus community in particular, but also in terms of holding Nintendo accountable because whether or not there's ever going to be a chance at a healthy relationship between the community and Nintendo the accountability must still be something that's part of all of that. Yeah. It cannot be, it is not a forgive and forget sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It is it is a, it, it is going to require a reckoning of, of saying, Hey, you need to acknowledge the things that you've done in the past to actively harm and try to suppress like what we as a community love to do. So thank you so much for joining me. I want to make sure that the people can find you. Where can they go if they want more of vigilante blade uh i mean i don't have much to share i have my twitter which is essentially vigilante blade uh underscore blade <laughs> yeah pretty much underscore blade um i guess that's the only way you could pretty much follow me i i'm a pretty private person generally speaking um but yeah i mean i'll i'll answer whatever people whatever questions people have sometimes i'll put a little blurb about how you know many things about pm development just because i think it's interesting because um i'm actually surprised how little things have been shared with like uh the public probably because it just never came up um and i have this little blog that i barely ever update but i do update it for nintendo stuff as much as i can it's just one post that's so long i can't even keep track of um (laughs) exactly 
Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I don't have anything to share except uh, if you want to follow me and like uh, hang out, talk to me. I'm pretty approachable, I think. So yeah, and just uh, and keep watching. Uh, <laughs> keep po- <laughs> sorry. Uh, keep supporting uh, BSM, uh, your podcast, and keep keep supporting Cipher. Um, honestly, he's a great voice for the community. Um, and you know, yeah, I just appreciate, uh, you having me on and, uh, keep supporting your local communities, keep supporting PM, keep supporting melee, every smash tournament. Um, uh, and you know, uh, I don't like you Nintendo. I'll just say it like that. I'll be polite. Grassroots. Okay. We out here. Yeah. Yes. I will accept an apology if it's very much, um, uh, sincere, but otherwise, they stay away from my tournaments. They stay away from my friends. Stay away from my community. The people who are interested in the possibility of checking me out, I don't usually plug myself, but I forgot to mention I'm doing the Patreon thing mostly because I want to do this and do that thing where I make money sometimes. But I've done the podcast for free, and I will continue to do it for free in the sense you will get most of the of what I of what I make. I don't want to put half of my interviews behind paywalls or anything. So you might want to ask the guest like Vigilante a question. So become a patron, and you can do that. You might want to see the entire uncut interview unedited interview you can become a patron for that or if you want to have your name involved in everything the overlay the twitter bio i'll mention you every single time kind of a thing you can subscribe to do that so patreon.com slash bsm pod and yes the socials are in the overlay at bsm pod on twitter and if you ever want to see me and the guests talking me and vigilante if you're not already on youtube you just look up bottom smash mountain on youtube and you'll find it don't worry about it but otherwise vigilante thank you so much for the time and i look forward to continuing to interact with you out there on the big wide internet thank you for joining me on bottom smash mountain thank you for having me on by the way